0: I'm joined this morning by a woman who was at the last third Thursday Street Fest. She was also at the Boombox Parade, and she's been other locations around here locally, too. It's our Secretary of State, Stephanie Thomas, from the Boombox to the Ballot Box. Good morning, Stephanie. I love that sign. You and your followers toted down Main Street during the Boombox Parade. I'm
1: glad you loved it. The weather today is reminding me of the Boombox Parade day.
0: Good point, because we had rain in the morning, then the parade got through dry, and then we had more rain later on this afternoon. Yes, you've made quite a presence around here in several locations. And one thing that I was intrigued with was you spoke at the Willimantic Library in July, and you've done that around the state, not just here. When you get out and speak to people, what does the Secretary of State tell the people that come out to see you?
1: Uh, good question, and good morning. I usually start by quizzing them, and the most basic question that I ask that I think every American citizen should know, I say, when is, el- is Election Day always the first Tuesday in November, true or false? False. Most people, and most people say true, but it's false. <laughs> it's the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November. And that sets the tone right away to make people realize, hey, we have not learned a lot about civics. (laughs) Um, And uh, so when I travel around the state doing trivia events, et cetera, it's really to teach people how to engage in this form of government, of representative democracy.
0: Do you also take that message to local schools as well and maybe have the secretary of state teach a civics class for a day?
1: You know, that would be great. My colleague in Rhode Island is doing just that. He's touring every high school in the state. I haven't gotten to that yet, but um, I certainly have been doing a grassroots push, trying to reach people in their communities, which is why we've been at every third Thursday.
0: Stephanie... You had a career in politics down in the Norwalk area, and then you became Secretary of State. And I'm curious, when Secretary of State appeared on your radar, when did you first say, that's what I want to do?
1: It's funny. I I have not been in politics very long. I ran for office for the first time in 2018, but lost that state representative race. I ran in 2020, and I was serving in the House um, I won. And I was on the elections committee. And two things I've been interested in, uh, small businesses, um, because I own a small business myself and have for about 10 years, and also this idea of civics and making sure people vote and are registered to vote. So when Denise Merrill decided not to run for reelection, I said, wow, that sounds like the ideal job that I would like to do. So I threw my hat in the ring, and perhaps I was politically naive because I didn't have a political history or track record, Um, and people thought it was impossible, but here I am. So um, I ran for the job because Denise uh, was stepping down, and it just sounded like something I would be really excited about pursuing.
0: How has uh, Denise helped you in your role? I'm sure you reach out from time to time. Probably the same thing with Susan Bice, who also was the Secretary of State.
1: Exactly. Uh, Connecticut's lucky. We have three former secretaries who are very much out and about. Um, so in addition to Denise and Susan, also Miles Rappaport. Um, and both when I was vice chair of the elections committee in the legislature during my campaign and certainly up through today. I have very good relationships with all three. We talk. Um, And I think um, Denise in particular, uh, I think we share a love of this civics education. Uh, I think in her first term, she launched the Red, White, and Blue Schools program. In her term, um, they launched the Kid Governor program. Um, So, uh, like Denise, civics, we – voters – people need to understand how our government works before they can really use their voices effectively.
0: Stephanie, you said that you have a small business, but you're also Secretary of State. How do you find time to do both?
1: I don't. I'm in the process of closing my business. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, it's, it's You know, it's also as hard as it is to get people to turn out to vote in municipal elections. It's hard to get people who want to, you know, some of my former employees I hoped would um, step up and want to run it. But it's a consulting business, so it's a lot of work to bring in new clients and whatnot. So I didn't find anyone who wanted to run it, so I decided to close
0: it. Speaking of businesses, I think most people you talk to on the street or at libraries or in schools or at Third Thursday Street Fest might assume that the Secretary of State's job is primarily centered around voting, making sure the polls are open properly and the like. But there's more to the Secretary of State's office than just that, including certifying businesses. Tell me more about what non-election type things your office is in charge of.
1: Sure. Um, When I start talking about these things, people's eyes usually glaze over, but the larger size um, side of our office has to do with business services. So anyone who's forming a business or nonprofit, they're certainly interacting with with our office to make sure they have all the right fees paid, the right licenses, etc. But also learning how to do that formation and then, once your business is operational, um, you have to file your annual reports. For example, all of that paperwork comes through our office. We're also the repository of a wide uh, cross section of documents, <laughs> such as you know records from the towns, um, uh, the bills that are passed. Um, all of these things are stored in the secretary's office, and we also have a small role. Uh, related to activities uh, of notary publics, uh, justices of the peace, um, and, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I tell people, think back to how the term secretary used to be used, so we do a lot of filing.
0: (laughs) And from the Secretary of state standpoint, with all the talk in the last couple of years about election security, voting security— has your role changed as Secretary of State since all that to make sure that our polls in Connecticut are as safe as they can possibly be?
1: Um Yes and no. I think um the office has always done a good job, and Connecticut has always done a good job with election security. What I think has changed is the um some of the more sophisticated. Um, hacking attempts like uh, the country saw in 2016, like just cybersecurity probes, Um, but also some of the more mundane things that every single person faces, like an increase in phishing attacks and ransomware. You know, we've had some towns in Connecticut that, um, you know, had, uh, 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 you know, were... um, uh, impacted by uh, some of these ransomware incidents, um, and also misinformation. So that is why I also am really focusing on civic education, because misinformation really thrives in an environment when people don't know how things work. So if we can get the word out about how things work, what the process is, which, uh, it'll help individuals discern what's true and what's false.
0: Stephanie, let me give you a soapbox here to remind people that we have two elections coming up in the next couple of months here in Connecticut.
1: Absolutely. We have a primary election coming up on September 12th, um, and people should just check their town um, to know if there's a primary being held. Um, And then the general election, of course, is November 7th. And Um, Also coming up, we have National Voter Registration Day on September 19th, which is a great time, especially I'm thinking of East Grin, um, you know, reminding um, young people and everybody to register to vote so that when the general election comes around, um, they're all set and ready to go.
0: Is that voter registration day designed more to create awareness because you can really register today can't you
1: a hundred percent you can register just about at any time um but it's national day just to get everyone pushing in the same direction at the same time um and in plenty of time to get registered for the upcoming general election um for example we're doing a push on um college campuses in particular. And we're inviting young people to be true influencers uh, beyond TikTok, but by voting. Um, And that is a great way to influence their environment around them. Um, So we are doing a lot of community-centric events, trying to um, not only remind people to register, but that um, to remind them about voting.
0: (laughs) Beyond TikTok. I like that line. And talk about College students. We got plenty of them around here with UConn and with Eastern Connecticut State University and even now Connecticut State Community College, Quinnebog, Willimantic, that they live in a certain town, perhaps even out of state, but they're attending college here in Connecticut or in Eastern Connecticut. How do you recommend that those people vote? Do they vote in the town of their college or can they vote in their hometown just by getting an absentee ballot?
1: Exactly. So this is a great question, and a lot of college students have told us that they're confused. Um, So we have um, a public portal, civics101.ct.gov, and we put information up um, on a regular basis. So uh, we just put up a college uh, student 101 um, cheat sheet, if you will, um, letting college students know. The very first thing they have to decide is if they want to vote in their hometown or the place where they reside in college and college students have the option to do either once they decide then they can go about the steps for voting so for example if they are here in Connecticut from out of state or out of town and they want to vote uh, in Wyndham for example then they can either go in person or if they won't be available on Election Day, they can uh, request an absentee ballot. If you're a Connecticut resident going out of state, but they still want to vote here also, they can uh, request an absentee ballot. And the great news is in Connecticut now, they can do that online.
0: I remember it wasn't that long ago when we had primaries in the middle part of August, and I was usually away because was my birthday week, so I would vote absentee. This year it's September the 12th but lawmakers have voted for an early primary what's the reasoning behind that
1: Um so uh, just uh, so August primaries are always they still exist and those are in even numbered years for state and federal elections and for local municipal elections odd number years like we are today it's always in September um, the legislature is hoping or they'll be considering moving the presidential preference primary, which is uh, next April in 2024. Um, and they want or the Republican Party and the Democratic Party got together, and I've not heard of this ever happening before, uh, or at least recently, They got together, had a discussion, and actually came to the legislature and testified together that they would like to move that date. And they're doing it because if we align our date earlier with our nearby neighboring states, we will gain more delegates to the convention. Um, So both parties are trying to give Connecticut a greater voice in choosing our next president.
0: Stephanie, a lot of people voted early, especially during the pandemic, put their ballot inside the box. It's outside town halls or the like around here. But now uh, there there is actually a wider push to allow early voting. Tell me the background behind that and what it means.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, so in Connecticut, we have not had early voting, and we were one of only four states left in the country who haven't had it. Um, and it's been around since the 1980s. I think Texas was the first state to adopt it. Um, so during the pandemic, what actually happened was uh, an expansion of the reasons by which people could vote by absentee ballot. So we never had early voting. Um So, there was a constitutional amendment on the ballot last year for voters to decide if we should adopt it, and it passed with over 60% of the vote. So, the legislature got together this year, in addition with our office and a lot of advocates, and, you know, basically the public came and testified, and they created an early voting program that will start next year, in 2024. And it includes uh, 14 days of early voting for general elections, seven days for primary elections, and four days for special elections.
0: Stephanie, how can I become an executive intern at the Secretary of the State's office?
1: (laughs) Funny. Um, well, uh, Well, there's a few things you could do, actually. So we launched this year a program that we call our CEO program, and it stands for Civically Engaged organizations. Every company I know, every nonprofit, every religious institution are all big actors in their community. I think about the service you're performing right here today, and I thought, why don't we ask them to also um, sort of kick it up a notch and remind people about civic messages such as we just did today, when the elections are coming up, how do you register to vote, what should college students do. So uh, over 150 organizations have joined so far to help spread the word about civics and teaching people how to engage. And people can do that um, by going to, us. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh, I forget. I'll say it. Uh, what is it? CEOPledge.ct.gov. Um, They can also access it from the Secretary of the State website, Um, and that is the best way for anyone um, in an organization to get involved and and also gain access. Uh, We put together toolkits and uh, social media posts that people can share uh, and, and put out there and help their community get engaged.
0: Stephanie, first week of August, you honored Wyndham's poll workers, including 15 who have served for 10 years or more. But in general, how are you doing on moderators and poll workers for the upcoming September 12th primary and the general election on November the 7th? And if somebody wants to become a moderator, how do they do it? There's a training program involved.
1: There is a training program, and I know that firsthand because I just completed it a few weeks ago, and it's a great program. So if anyone has been a poll worker and wants to kick it up a notch, it's a great way to serve. Um, As you mentioned, I've been traveling around the state. I did two last night um, hosting poll worker appreciation events because these are our friends, our neighbors, our colleagues who really are unsung heroes of our democracy. We literally could not exercise our right to vote without their help. So I'm trying to bring them a little um, thank you and visibility. Um, towns right now seem in a good position with poll workers. But, of course, when early voting is adopted next year, um, I think we will have a bit of a shortage. Uh, so our office is certainly partnering with groups like Bet the Vote and colleges and universities, the Bar Association, et cetera, uh, to help uh, recruit poll workers, but if anyone's interested, they can uh, either reach out to the registrar in their town to volunteer, or they can go to the Secretary of the State's website, fill out an online questionnaire, and we'll send their information to the town.
0: And lastly, Stephanie, I saw you after the Yukon Victory Parade, and you actually got a chance to hold the National Championship trophy. And then you were also at the White House, part of that ceremony. Give me a couple of thoughts about that.
1: Oh, my gosh. That was such a—both of those moments were quite special. I mean, who doesn't love the Yukon Huskies? Um, and just um, seeing these young people have a chance to go to the White House, to have— um, such an accomplishment at such a young age um, I, I don't think a lot of young people realize how those moments stay with you throughout your entire life and um, just being able to witness that and like see the pure joy um, and also to see how Connecticut and the community rallies around them I, I just thought it was incredibly special.
0: Well, it's special to have you on this morning as well. Stephanie, thank you very much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. Have a great day.
0: That's our Secretary of State, Stephanie Thomas, on 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.